You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. The, the Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown your ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I feel the need. The need for speed. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The autumn wind is a pirate. That's football, guys. That's all it is. And here we go. Welcome to Behind the Numbers. It's been a good, restful vacation week for Behind the Numbers. And today we're here with our most esteemed guest, the Commish. Uh, Kamish, I'm glad to welcome you back to the podcast after many years of being absent. And under these circumstances, it feels like, I don't know, is this a good way to welcome you back to the podcast, 0-3? Well, I, I'm glad to be on the podcast. I mean, obviously, I've always been available for years, you know, never got the phone call for a while. Not really sure what happened, but glad to be back. Um, any, any circumstance is always wonderful to be on the, the esteem behind the numbers, the, the highest rated podcast, uh, in the entire league, uh, much, much higher than the, than, than odds makers ever, ever got to. So, I mean, it, it's a fact that teams that have gone zero and three have made it to the playoffs and actually won the championship. The last time this happened was in 2016. It was the Institute, which puts you in, you know, not necessarily esteemable company, but in some company. You also coincidentally have the same amount of points, 274 through three weeks that the Institute has. How do you feel about being this close to the Institute right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't really appreciate that hate speech. And I would just uh, prefer that you just walk, <laughs> walk that back. The things you just said were nasty and mean and... Um, you know, just, just, just outright hateful. Uh, don't compare me to that schmuck. <laughs> so in all seriousness, I mean, this is obviously not the start you wanted. You know, you, you came off uh, another title, your sixth, um, a Broadway show. I mean, you've really, you know, taken the, the nation by storm with uh, your performances, uh, with the entire commission. HQ and all of the people who have, have really chipped in probably one of your highest moments in the history of the league. And yet three weeks in the football portion isn't going so well. I mean, has there been a COVID outbreak? What's going on at commission HQ? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's, it's been a little bit of a, of a rough uh, start. Um I mean, players uh, haven't exactly uh, done done what I what I wanted. I mean, um, I obviously took a very running back heavy approach um, and uh, tried to gamble on wide receivers, and that and that that's hurt me a little bit. I've been chasing, I've been chasing wide receivers. Uh, even with that, though, like 
I should have won in week two. Like, 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 like I should have freaking won. Like, I just, I should have won. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I didn't, but even with that, I, I should be one and two, um, which is still not exactly good. Um, but never in my history, never in the entire history of, of my, you know, storied franchise have I started 0 and 3. So this is, uh, this is uh, completely uncharted waters for me. Yeah, well, I think, you know, things aren't necessarily going according to plan for a lot of managers this year. Um, you know, we knew to expect the unexpected going into this year with COVID, with a, a different season, many different protocols and NFL locker rooms, and uh, that this was going to be, you know, a challenge for everybody. I want to talk about what's going on with the Steelers and the Titans, the Vikings and Texans this weekend. Um, so far, the Steelers and the Titans will not play on Sunday. They may play on Monday. They may play at a later date. We know that the Titans are currently banned from being in their own facility. So are the Vikings. That, that ban may end earlier. Um, but right now they're in virtual practices. You know, what I want to talk about is how does this affect the fantasy season? I mean, this is the first time that we've had teams that might not actually be able to play for one weekend. I mean, if you drafted some of these players, you're, you know, you're essentially facing an unexpected bye week for these guys. Um, You know, how do you feel like the NFL is handling this? And how can fantasy leagues prepare for something like this? Um, well, I think it's, I think it's critical out of an abundance of caution to ensure that we, we completely, completely have the right level of reaction to a, to a virus that has, uh, uh, asymptomatic, no real, you know, uh, uh, actual, uh, symptoms to the people that have gotten it, just a, a tested positive. So we need to make sure that it does not spread to any degree. So I applaud the NFL in their amazing uh, 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 response rates to this, this, this awful thing. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, like hopefully this, this will be an isolated incident. Um, obviously if this happens over and over and over and over and over, I don't know what, because, <laughs> because I mean, it, it makes sense if they can just like match up the buys. The problem is, is that if it happens for teams that you can't match up the buy, it like is going to domino throughout the schedule. I think in general, based on the, the vast number of um, tests that have already happened, like most of the like test rates are like virtually zero. Um, so my mental state is that COVID doesn't exist and I'm just going to continue to operate with that. And if they cancel a game, hopefully they'll just do what they're planning to do with this game and move it to Monday and Tuesday and still like in the week. So if the game gets scheduled Monday, Tuesday, it's like nothing. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's another, it's a, it's a longer week four. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see how this is going. Um, I got a call from the manager of show me the money this morning about, well, what happens if, you know, the Steelers and Titans don't play, like, do you just wait until they do play to get the results? And I, I can't imagine that the league or Yahoo is going to say, well, we don't know the outcome of week four until we know what the outcome of week 10 or whenever they reschedule this game is. I mean, that, that wouldn't make any sense. You, you can't really do it that way. If it happens on Monday or Tuesday, sure. You know, like you said, it's a longer week four, no big deal, no harm, no foul. But, you know, if you have a team that actually doesn't play, 
I mean, this particularly affects me just from a, from a selfish standpoint. You know, if Steelers-Titans gets delayed and Vikings-Texans get delayed, then I neither have James Conner nor David Johnson. So essentially I'm running out there Tony Pollard or Chase Edmonds as my second running back. And that's a real problem if you're trying to win a weekly matchup. Yeah, I don't think there's any risk of Vikings-Texans, though. Like the Vikings didn't have any positive tests, so. Yeah, I mean, um, they haven't so far. I mean, they haven't been in their facility, though. I mean, how can you expect a team to play on Sunday if they haven't practiced all week? I mean, that, it's just like they're at a severe disadvantage, you know, particularly if they're going on the road. Yeah, that that it, that's a fair point. I, I don't I don't really know about that. But do you notice, like, James Connors in your starting lineup and it has a big fat zero for your points there? Did you notice that? Yeah. Not great. <laughs> Not what you want. Lock it in. Zero. zero. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think if it gets moved out of the week, I think it's just a buy. Like, the, the, yeah. like so, like, for a single week interaction, I think it's just – it becomes a buy, right? So, if they get moved out of the week – if a game gets moved out of the week, like, you're kind of SOL. Um, the, the, the impact of having multiple games where that happens, I, I don't – I don't know, but I'm basically, like I said, I'm just pretending COVID doesn't exist and that's not going to happen. That's my mental model. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the, the league, as far as the NFL is, is much more determined to get games in, in a, you know, reasonable fashion in the week that they're expected to be played. If there's any chance of that happening, you know, if you might see two teams that are playing each other, that both had outbreaks, that might be more difficult right now. We haven't so far. Um, and they've been pretty good. But, I mean, you know, you saw in the Major League Baseball season that a lot of games just weren't played, weren't played on time. Um, you know, that could continue to be a problem. I, you know, I also want to talk about how this relates to the controversy we had last week with the out IR situation and how we're going to handle that with Yahoo. The funny thing is, now that I see that this is a possibility, one thing I'm like, I'm like, well, I have the Steelers defense. If they have an unexpected buy, should I be able to pick up another defense without dropping a player? I mean, that seems unfair for me to have to drop a player that I don't want to keep because the Steelers have an unexpected buy and they're my defense. You know, yeah. it's like, can I put the Steelers defense as out or on IR if they have an unexpected buy? But that's not an option. So apparently I did not account for that possibility. I don't know. Like, like the entire Pittsburgh defense, uh, we'll have to put them all on IR. Um, I think, I think, I think you raised fair points. You should talk to Yavol Umflit uh, on on said concerns. But real quick, like, but before we totally jump to that, you know, thinking about the the, the comparison to baseball, uh, how funny would it be if fantasy football had three quarter double headers? Right. So instead of, <laughs> so like, like a seven inning double header, you put, you got the, like, can you imagine having to stack Kenny Galladay? He had to play two straight games in one day, three quarters, you know, you get his stats for against the saints and then against like, you know, the Packers all in one day, Well, that'd be like fantasy Yahtzee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because obviously the NFL is, is built, they're built around gambling and they're built to a somewhat lesser degree around fantasy football that's what's driving a lot of the viewership. It's what, you know, it's what drives a lot of product marketing, all the rest of it. So they've got a different issue with, with the major league baseball, major league baseball is like, you got to be a pretty hardcore fan to be paying attention 
to regular season games when they've shortened it to 60 games. They're going to be 16 playoff teams. It's a whole different – I mean, MLB basically was like, we know this is going to be a unique season, and we're just going to deal with it. Basically, the NFL was like, we're going to pretend like this never existed. So, I like that play is normal. <laughs> I like that attitude. I think that's a great attitude. Um, but but so about I, out IR, right? I think it's just beyond – I'll just use the word curious – Beyond curious that who ended up with Jeff Wilson Jr. on the waiver wire? Do you know, do you know Mr. Woodcox? Do you know who got Jeff, Mr. Jeff Wilson Jr.? I think that's Chris Umflett. Chris Umflett. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So let me, let, me, let me just break this down for you. I, who have been just totally, t- totally just ripped to shreds. My character was assassinated on the Facebook post. I, who picked up Jeff Wilson in a completely and utterly Yahoo-eligible league positive move, right? I picked him up, and then I was, like, accosted on Facebook posts. I dropped him, and then, curiously, who gets Jeff Wilson? Chris Umflett. Explain, explain, that, explain that logic to me, Mr. Mr. Woodcox. Ex- explain, explain that to me. How am, I, how am I the victim? Well, <laughs> you know – I, I will say it's always funny to accost the commish, to challenge your tyranny, to understand that, you know, you're the great interrupter. You know, you are the one who uh, is always trying to uh, overcome the league with just pure power. But um, it is somewhat unique that we have this situation where people are allowed to be put on out as IR with Yahoo rules. And apparently it's not even necessarily a new thing, but no one had really discovered it prior to the whole controversy arising. I just, to me, if we ever had voted on that rule, none of us would have voted for it. We would not say that because somebody's out for a week, you should be able to put them on IR. But the fact that Yahoo did it, I can understand based on the unique circumstances of the season. Um, And I can understand why managers would take advantage of it this year, considering particularly how many injuries have plagued the first two, three weeks of this year. So, I mean, I get it all. I just, I don't, I don't like the rule. I think it's a bad rule. And that if Yahoo was going to do this, it would have informed what we were going to do with the IR slot. Yeah, no, I mean, I, um, I I probably wouldn't have voted for it either. Um, but I, I just I think the consternation is just hilarious to me. So I, I like pouring gasoline on the fire. Um, yeah. But um, I mean, I think like I think I think the point that just keeps getting missed for some reason in my emails is that if the NFL keeps the three week IR around, it's a moot point whether you like it or not. Like it's it's here. Right. And so now you're just debating three weeks versus one week. What's the difference? Yeah, no, and I, I, I don't disagree with that. And I actually don't think it's a bad idea for the NFL to move to a three week IR because, you know, guys, you know, they're, they're out for a couple of weeks or they're going to be out for four to six weeks. And it doesn't make sense to keep them out for eight weeks and doesn't make sense to keep them on the roster. And, you know, you got so many guys in your practice squad. There's so many, there's so many eligible people, bodies that will play NFL football 
it doesn't really make sense to have an IR that's like you're either out the year or you're out half the year. You might as well say, well, there can be a shorter period. So, yeah, yeah, um, it's definitely moving that way for sure. And I would not be surprised if the, the three week IR is not here to stay. And it, and if that's the case, then it kind of solves itself. Um, yeah. But, you know, my, my thing is like, it, as long as Yahoo keeps that, I can't like, I, I, I don't, I, I like, I, I have basically have to like check BZ's roster every 30 minutes, right? Like I'm just gonna have to reload it every 30 minutes be like, oh, did he cheat now? Nope. Okay. Did he cheat now? Nope. You know, so. <clears throat> yeah, you definitely can't trust people. And, and you know, if that's, if that's the can't, reality. Can't trust, that, can't trust BZ. <laughs> if guys are going to shuffle in and out of rosters that quickly, on NFL teams, then it probably makes sense to shuffle guys in and out of your fantasy roster. You know, I mean, like we're trying to make the game as realistic as possible to what it's like to own an NFL team or be a general manager of an NFL team. So, I mean, if that's what general managers are allowed to do, then it certainly makes sense for fantasy managers to do the same thing. Sure. That's my opinion. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, like the other piece is that most, I'm not going to say all, but a vast majority of valuable pickups, you know, are, are going to be through the, the FA, you know, through the waiver Wednesday wake waiver period. Um, so that's not all. I mean, we miss people and people snag people off free agent wire, like somehow, although it was, a, I guess, uh, who dropped Justin Jefferson? Uh, that's a good question. I forgot who, I forgot who drafted him. <laughs> Uh, VZ picked him up. Uh, Billy, Billy dropped Justin Jefferson to pick up Mike Gasecki, which probably is a, a decent move. But then there was a fight over him, so I guess it was still waivers. Um, so I guess it still went with the waivers. Um, but point point being that, like, you know, to to some degree, FAB kind of controls who and how and where people go, and um. But I guess, and you know, the other thing too, like, 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 on like out designations on Wednesdays are are not going to be high. Like out designations are going to be like your your Fridays, basically your Fridays to Saturdays, right? So, so really, the only time you're going to be able to do that is just if you want to grab a someone who cleared waivers for basically the next period. Because like going back to DJ Chark, like he was cleared, he was moved back to Q on Monday. So, like, basically, if I didn't move him out of the IR spot, I would not have been eligible for Wednesday FAABs. So, it's, like, basically, like, like yeah, it's an advantage. It's, like, basically a lottery ticket. It basically allows you to take a, a lottery ticket. I don't know, like Jeff Wilson Jr. But then now I'm at a point where, like, if I had done that, I'm stuck. I have to, like, literally drop someone or make a trade immediately. Like, literally immediately uh, by Wednesday morning. Yeah. Yeah, and, and complicated by – if we see more games postponed or changed. I mean, I think that's going to be a real issue. Hopefully, like you said, this isolated incident doesn't occur a lot. But if it does, then, you know, we got a real mess on our hands, which, you know, I mean, I don't know. There was no way that any fantasy manager was going to be able to deal with, one, the COVID situation, and two, the number of injuries that were going to arise based on the fact that there was no training camp, essentially no real training camp and no preseason. And so a lot of guys are going to get hurt in the first few weeks. 
and you're just going to have to try to survive and claw for every week that you make it, and hopefully by the end you you can run make a run at the playoffs. So yeah, fair. And I think one thing I didn't really think through is like I, I thought that like people would be tested and like players would be out, right? But what we're finding is that like yeah, while that's happening, it's also canceling games, right? It's like the whole right. the whole you know the whole team. So, so, so like like the concept of like having, you know, like, for example, if Derrick Henry was the one that like, you know, got coughed on or whatever, versus like the 42nd string offensive lineman, um, you know, like it doesn't really matter if Derrick Henry goes on the COVID list or whatever, if the whole game's canceled, because if you had his backup or whatever, that's, that's, (laughs) that's down the drain too, basically. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's going to be the issue is like with the Titans, you know, they're out potentially this week or maybe they're going to have to find replacement players for the eight that tested positive and, you know, they can or can't do that. You know, I'm sure they can sign guys or get guys from the practice squad. But, like, if they don't open their facility for two weeks, you know, how do you deal with that, like, as an organization? Um, and if you had multiple teams dealing with that, then – I it, yeah, it becomes unbelievably complicated, but hopefully everything will clear up and, you know, they can come back sooner rather than later and they'll, they'll play a game. Yeah, but um, is, is the Titans offense really that complicated? It's like, okay, run left, run left, right, play action right, play action left. Like, I don't think it's, it's that complicated, but yeah, I'm sure they'll need to practice their tech mobile plays. Is an alien coming? <laughs> okay, so I want to change to uh, the matchups that are going on this week. I want to start with um, Black Express Sunday versus the Institute. Um, we got an all-time record in this matchup for Brent with 13 wins. The um, you know, this is a season where I think my team has been about what it was expected to be up to now, and BCC team has definitely underperformed. So the question becomes, who can come out of this week with a better record and more prepared for the rest of the year? Uh, you no no contest. I don't care how many <laughs> games are scheduled. You're, 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 I'm, I'm never going to pick VZ. And shockingly, he <laughs> ben- he's he is he has benched he has benched DJ Moore. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what what is his plan here. He's got. He's got Jefferson, he's got Lamb, he's got Beckham and as, a, as a receivers. Um, he seems to be, I don't know, shuffling guys around a bit, maybe potentially on tilt considering his one and two start when so many were expecting him to have a good week. Um, you know, I, like you said, it's unlikely that the Vikings-Texans game gets moved. But if it does, you know, Watson not being on the field is potentially a problem. 
Interestingly, with Watson and Jackson, they both have the same amount of points through three weeks. And, you know, that's a real problem for me. I mean, uh, you know, I had Lamar Jackson, uh, traded Mahomes to keep him. Up until last week, that didn't look like necessarily a terrible idea, but he really got murdered in that Chiefs game, only threw for 97 yards. Meanwhile, Mahomes goes for 40-plus points um, from a fantasy perspective. You know, it's looking like Lamar Jackson is somewhat pedestrian. Um, But, you know, obviously the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league. He struggled against them in the past. You know, we'll see what comes out of that. At least I have my receivers healthy again. Um, You know, this is kind of a week where, you know, it's good to get a win. I'm 2-1 and right now. Uh, But if I can get VZ here in week four, it probably sets me up to uh, try to – finish out at least the first nine games where you play everybody in a strong fashion. Yeah, you'll beat them. Can you imagine how bad VZ's team would be if he didn't have stupid freaking the worst human on earth, Alvin Kamara? (laughs) God. Yeah, well, Kamara is the other key to this game because, you know, he has six touchdowns already. Drew Brees is obviously in utter check down mode. You know, he's looking at Kamara every single time. Um, and he's essentially a wide receiver for them and a very productive one, particularly when, as long as Michael Thomas isn't on the field. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a scary guy because he can score multiple touchdowns in any game. But, you know, he's, he's probably not going to score 30 touchdowns this year. So, you know, he might be above – he might be regressing to the mean soon. Yeah, I, I I certainly hope so. Cause did I mention did I mention I don't like him? Um, I don't really like him. <laughs> I don't like him. I didn't realize the NBA Finals started tonight. Yeah. Huh? Who's in the NBA Finals? Uh, it's the Lakers and the Heat. Oh, the, the Lakers won. Huh? Interesting. I thought for they sure the Nuggets win. were going to win. <laughs> stupid, stupid Lakers. Go, Danny Green. All right, so let's turn to our next matchup, uh, the Kamish versus Jerry's belt buckle. The uh, all-time record in this matchup is Jimmy with 18 wins, mm. Umflit with 10 wins. Ooh. So a distinct advantage over uh, your opponent this week. Obviously, you're coming in 0-3. You're desperate. You're needing a win more than ever. Um, you got Dalvin Cook. You say you're not worried about the Minnesota Vikings not playing this week. Um, you've got that going for you. You know, how are you feeling about going into this week and uh, facing Cam Newton, an old rival, an old favorite? Yeah, Cam Newton, uh, he should be on my team. He don't want to play with stupid, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean <clears> – <throat> I mean, I have Dalvin Cook, but you don't necessarily know that I'm going to play him. I mean, I haven't posted my starting lineup yet, so you don't really know. I mean, it's all questions about who's going to start in week four. I, I don't know. You don't know. Uh, so, I mean, Dalvin's obviously doing very well for us. Probably one of the very few players that have <laughs> done very well for us. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of got a win. I kind of got a win. Uh, we're excited about Stefan Diggs. Think think he's a, a great addition to the team. Uh, we've never owned him before. And I mean, I have no idea what's going on in, in Buffalo, but they seem to, it seems to be working. So we're going to try and bottle that up a little bit. Uh, but you know, our goal is to go out there and win. Did you have Josh Allen last year? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> and and um, I didn't draft him, though. I picked him up after a drop. But he he's like, like they should make like a ride. You know how like, you know how you make those, the, you go on those rides at like Disney World or whatever, and you wear like the big 3D goggles and you sit in a chair and it like jerks you all around when you're like going on a roller coaster or like in, a, like in the Millennium Falcon or, or something. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They need to make like they need to make an experience called like like the Josh Allen experience where you basically wear that and you're like Josh Allen and and it would be like that kind of wild wild thing. Um, <clears throat> he um, he's he's doing really well this year. Um, that's for sure. I'm just waiting to see uh, uh, what Billy does and 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 how much he he steals from Chris Norris when he trades him. Yeah, you know, it, with Chris's team, it's been <laughs> such a roller coaster for him so far. You know, he's sitting at one and two. Even he's in sixth place. Cam Newton started out looking like a world beater. Uh, Tyra Lockett has got the Russ Wilson, Russell Wilson um, bump so far, scoring three touchdowns last week. Marquise Brown has been a total disappointment, only 15 fantasy points on the year. Josh Jacobs had three touchdowns the first week, 31 fantasy points. Then he had nine in week two, six in week three. So things are not trending well there. It's His team is just really, it's a mystery. It's an enigma. Um, And I don't know what to think of it. I think he had some talent there, but is he going to be able to be consistent enough to win week in and week out? I'm not so sure. And you know, if you got if you need a get right week and you're the commission, that might not be your worst matchup. Well, all I'm saying this is gonna be the Jeff Wilson revenge game. That's really all I have to say. <laughs> all right. So uh next let's look at uh Cozart versus Norris, Dirty Mike and the Boys versus Crabs, all time record one and one, and they split last year and Cozart's first split first uh, year in the league. Um, you know, the key players I'm looking at here are Allen Robinson. You know, what does he look like now that Nick Foles essentially has taken that starting job from Trubisky? Um, you know, Foles has been an up and down player. He's had years or weeks in a row where he's been just a world beater. He's, you know, kind of a, another type of Ryan Fitzpatrick guy where he's been on a lot of teams and sometimes he's been extremely productive. Um, can Robinson, who's a very talented receiver, I think, but has been held back by the offense and his quarterback, can he become more consistent? And then with Chris, it's Jarek McKinnon. Like, does the guy play? You know, can he substitute for Raheem Mostert? You know, is he continued, does he continue to be productive? This is a guy that everybody loved when he came in on the Vikings a few years ago. Then he went to the Niners, and people felt like, you know, I got a big contract. He was going to be productive. You know, is that a player who can actually be a meaningful fantasy contributor for you? And on top of that, if these two teams are relying on Allen Robinson and Jarrett McKinnon in week four, is that a bad sign for the rest of their season? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Brent Cozart's team, um, like he, you know, I obviously spent a lot of time looking at his roster the last uh, the last week or so. Like his his wide receivers, um, it's a pretty good wide receiver depth there. He doesn't really have any running back depth, so he's really going to be relying on David Montgomery big time 
um, you know, Zach Ertz and good old, can I put him on IR? Can I not put him on IR Dallas Goddard with his, you know, small ankle fracture, uh, Zach Ertz is going to be big, uh, for him. Um, but I, I actually think his team's significantly better than last year, which, I mean, I guess you can only go, you know, up. Chris Norris is like a dumpster fire just waiting to explode. Like, I feel like, I feel like there, like there was this whole discussion last year about how he had these like amazing wide receivers and well, that didn't really work out for him. And, you know, this year he's got amazing wide receivers <clears throat> and then he's, you know, he's got like Brandon Bienvenue at quarterback. So um, I'd be, I'd be curious to see what his, uh, what his strategy is here. Um, which is not necessarily what you want. Um, and, you know, he, he's relying on Drew Brees, who looks like, as you said, a ticking time bomb, a guy who might not necessarily make it through the season uh, or not make it through the season as a productive quarterback in his older age. You know, he's got Hunt and McKinnon as running backs. The receivers are good, um, although Thielen looks like a world beater week one and is since come back down to earth Adams hadn't been able to stay on the field which he had that problem last year you start to wonder whether this team is a little too thin to really compete this year he's definitely at the market cornered on third down running backs <laughs> I mean he's literally like if, if he if you get bonus points for third down running backs this is the guy yeah I uh I, I don't like Chris's team this week um, and I'm not sure he's going to fare all that well in uh, my power rankings that we'll, we'll talk about here at the end of this podcast. So moving on to the Kayak Pirates and the Icon, here's one of the shocking statistics I came across this week. So, you know, Jeff and Overbay have both been very consistent fantasy players, guys that have made the playoffs a lot, that have been uh, teams that you can – really rely on probably to go to 500 or better most years. So the all-time record in this series, Overbay leads 24 to 8. It's really shocking, right? I mean, who would have thought that in this rivalry series that Overbay would be so dominant, especially considering that Jeff has an overall better all-time record considering all opponents than Overbay does. Yeah, I, I've pointed that out before. It's it's really weird. He has sucked at rivalry like forever. But I mean, but the other thing too, like Jeff has like a like a really bad playoffs record too, like like not good. Uh, and and um, I'm actually super curious enough to pull it up and get the actual number for you. But I don't know. I think he just he just doesn't like the spotlight for some reason. He's just he's just a very modest guy, um, and doesn't you know I don't know I don't know how to describe it like. Maybe he gets nervous. Well, this week, Yahoo has had a very close matchup, predicting a Jeff Smith win 102 to 100 over Overbay. Um, you know, I think that probably the key players in this matchup for sure are Mahomes and Derrick Henry. You know, if Derrick Henry doesn't play this week, you're talking about Jeff having to go to his bench where he's looking at Devin Singletary probably as his top fill-in, potentially Malcolm Brown, James Robinson. You know, he's really got his pick of those running backs, but, you know, not somebody that's going to command 
the amount of touches that Derrick Henry would, even though Henry's going against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's pretty decent defense. You know, if you're going against Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Nick Chubb, you know, I uh, have been noted to say some negative things about Overbay's team before the season. But if you look at, you know, his running backs plus Kyler Murray, who's been very productive, even in games where his team hasn't done all that well, you know, that's pretty scary. When you got a good quarterback and you got two good running backs, that's a pretty solid foundation for being a good team. And there's a reason that the icon has made the playoffs so many times. He builds good foundations and he figures out who to put around them. You know, I, you know, I think maybe he's the team that I've underestimated up to this point. Um, and it took him waxing me in week two for me to maybe realize that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that um, Kyler Murray is going to be very critical for him. Um, you know, as they go throughout the year, but I mean, he's kind of, he's really relying on like Robbie Anderson and I don't know, some of these things I just, I don't know. It, maybe it, maybe it's real. Um, but for Jeff, like, I know Todd Gurley had 14 points last week, which was just a complete crock of crap, but, um, are, are you surprised he's not starting James Robinson? Uh, I mean, you know, Robinson's a player who's been extremely consistent, and obviously the Jaguars believe in him, considering they, they cut Fournette, got rid of him, sent him packing. I mean, you know, it seems like, you know, they're going to rely on this guy, and Jacksonville's not as bad as people thought they were going to be. Plus, they're playing the Bengals. And <laughs> the Bengals, we know, suck. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it seems like James, Rob- James Robinson is in a place where – um, he's going to be relied on, and he's going against a team where he's probably going to be in positive game script. But I don't know. You know, Gurley, he scores touchdowns, and I guess it's probably hard to forget about that. Yeah. Did you also notice everybody's the first team to, to fill all three IR spots? wonder if he should get some sort of, like, memento or you know, <laughs> life, lifetime achievement award. We need, uh, in addition to cookies, maybe you need IR cakes or something. Yeah, IR cakes. I like that. <laughs> I like the IR kicks. I also think it's so hilarious how Jeff Smith has Jeff Smith on his roster. Yeah. And he so, still hasn't dropped him. I thought for yeah. sure he's going to be gone in the first few weeks. He's going to have an awkward conversation between Jeff Smith and Jeff Smith that he was going to have to be dropped, but uh, apparently well, it hasn't happened yet. Well, because he went on IR. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> the irony of all ironies. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think my favorite in that matchup this week is Overbay. I'm going to give him a slight hat tip um, to continue his dominance against the Kayak Pirates. Um, now on to our matchup of the week. We've got Show Me the Money versus the Maccabee. Um, this is all-time record. Billy leads 4-2. to two. Obviously not a, as much of a, a window for these guys who have played so far. You know, they are really letting Russ cook. I mean, the dude has scored 40 points a week. He's got 14 touchdowns through three weeks. That's the league record for any quarterback through three weeks. Meanwhile, I think Aaron's key player here is probably Calvin Ridley, who seems to be overtaking Julio Jones as the top receiver um, in Atlanta. We'll see if Jones can get back to play this week. 
I think my question for you is, you know, you lived in Seattle for a while. You watched Russell Wilson up close. They're obviously letting him, you know, turn it on this year in a way that he hasn't in the past. The defense isn't as good. They seem like they're going to be in more shootouts. Is this sustainable? Can Russell Wilson really throw for 50 touchdowns this year? I think it's possible. I mean, they're definitely throwing the ball a lot more, and and he's always been, like, hyper, hyper, hyper accurate. Um, But he's uh, – I think it's, I think it's just, I think it's basically, yes. Unfortunately, yes. I think he's going to be really good. Um, and spoiler alert, uh, gridiron heights this week. Uh, it's all about, uh, Mr. Unlimited himself. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, you know, Wilson has been incredible. You know, most people that have him on their teams are probably three and zero or two and one so far, just based on his performance. You know, Billy obviously lost McCaffrey. He subbed in Mike Davis. We'll see, you know, if Davis can continue to to fill in the stats that he needs. You know, I think he's probably a capable running back. Carolina's going to be in plenty of positions where they're going to have to score a lot of points. So it's probably a good team to have uh, players on. But I, I don't know. I mean, he's still got A.J. Green in his lineup. I love A.J. Green. You know, I drafted him when he was a rookie. I'm not sure that he has anything left. Uh, you know, the injuries seem to have taken him down. Uh, Cooper Cup, nice player. Not sure he's really a number one wide receiver. And then Emmanuel Sanders, you know, it's like it, even with Michael Thomas out, he hasn't been blowing up anything really. I just – I continue well, to say this. He's been blowing up my record. That's what he's been blowing up. <laughs> I continue to say this. Billy's 3-0. and I've definitely underestimated him the entire season. <laughs> and I still don't really love his team, even at 3-0. and <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, the Mike Davis thing is going to turn out to be super critical for him because if he can do what he did last, you know, weekend, that is going to tie it over big time because his team has always been Christian McCaffrey and then some other player driving it, right? And – you know, last year that was Eckler. This year he's got, you know, Mr. Unlimited himself. If you've got players scoring 30 each week, you don't got to fill in with a lot of, you know, you don't need a lot of help after that. That's a good point. Well, we'll see how that turns out this week. You know, I think my power rankings are going to show who I, who I think is going to win the week. So I want to go ahead and go to those. Uh, at number ten, I've got the commish. I mean, sorry, this, this, is, this is hogwash. This is uh, this is fake news. Fake news. This is fake news. Fake fake news. George, this is a... the leading point in the league tied with the stand end. down. I've got you at ten. I mean, I, I tell you when you're not going to move out of that position. <laughs> law and order. 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 Fake news. This is I want law and order. At number nine, I've actually got the crabs. Don't really love what they're having to deal with with the running backs right now. The receivers aren't looking as strong as they did uh, just a week ago. Um, I just think, you know, he, he's on the outside looking in. We'll see if he can change his state. Uh, number eight, the Institute, also tied with you for at least amount of points so far. Real disappointment. He's really taken a big, <laughs> I don't know, a big, big hit 
in his rankings uh, throughout the year. Number seven, the Enigma, Jerry's belt buckle. You know, I'm just not sure that uh, I feel comfortable with his team at this point and whether or not he has the depth that he's going to be able to survive this uh, COVID-related uh, season and all the injuries that we've had so far. Uh, number six, I've got the Kayak Pirates. You know, I think six and on, you got teams that have put themselves in a position right now that you say each of them have a, have a, a way that you could see them making a playoff and win the championship. Uh, I think Jeff's kind of at the bottom of that list, but, you know, that could change in the next few weeks. Um, really why he's at six is because I've got, I've got to move over Bay up. You know, he's, he's been down at the bottom, but now I've got him at five. You know, with the two running backs and the quarterback, I think, he, you know, he's got the building blocks. And if he can just figure out the rest of that roster, then, uh, you know, I, I like his chances. Uh, number four, Dirty Mike, you know, he's two and one uh, against all odds. He lost Saquon Barkley, but he's made a trade. You know, he used his wide receiver depth that you talked about with Stephon Diggs. Um, he's still got three guys he can start, but he's also added a running back who can provide him some points in that second running back slot. I mean, obviously he's not going to be Barkley, but, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily need him to be Barkley because Aaron Jones has been so productive so far. Um, and number three, I have myself, Blackish for Sunday, dropping back a couple of spots since my week two rankings. You know, I think with these other two guys, I'm just chasing them right now until Lamar can come back. If Mark Andrews is actually going to live up to the hype and be a top three tight end, I think it's going to be a big – Big key for my season, whether or not Lamar actually comes through. Um, that was the bet I made for the season, and, and that really is what matters. Can, can your – I've not really been worried about my draft as much as I've been worried about my keepers. My keepers haven't come through so far. Um, and number two, I've got Billy's team. You know, you can't deny 3-0. You can't deny Russell Wilson. He's been um, just great, phenomenal through this year. I just wonder whether or not that's sustainable. I don't think he's going to throw 28 touchdowns through week six. So what does he look like through week six? And then number one right now, I've actually got the McAvee. I think he's going to win this week. I think he's going to try to vault himself up to uh, the number one position in the standings. And so, I, you know, I went ahead and moved him up to number one. I still want Marlon Mack back. It, it, it clearly, like, behind every crime is motive. And there's no one that had more motive than Aaron and the Maccabee with Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> He's, yeah, I, I want him really to lock him up. It, it, felt, it felt to him just uh, completely right uh, to have Taylor end up where he was. Uh, yeah, Marlon Mack is going to be a real detriment, but, uh, you know, that's, that's how it works out sometimes. All right, well, I think that's all I've got preparing for week four. Um, Commish, you got anything else? You know what Jeff's playoff record is? What's that? Three and nine. Three wins and nine losses. Well, Dude. I, it's not great, yep. but at least you got 12 games that you played in the playoffs. I can't say the same. <laughs> uh, average averages 77 points. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah you're, not do, you're not doing so hot either. You're one and five. <laughs> but even that, you average 85 points, right? I mean um, – yeah. Um, interesting, though. Huh. Oh, 
you know what? Oh, that's why I screwed up because like I was about to say, well, I averaged 72 points, but it's because it's because we, I don't have point totals for 2003 and beyond. So I, cause I went to the playoffs my first three years. Uh, I won two of the championships in the first three years, but I didn't know the points scored and I had to put one in this spreadsheet. So that's why the averages, but if I don't count those, I averaged 101 points. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Usually that. winning. Yeah. If you're getting a hundred points, you're usually winning, particularly in those older years, you know, that a hundred was a lot, you know, now yeah. it seems like people score a hundred most weeks. Um, and the games that really matter, that really determine whether or not you make the playoffs is how do you fare in those games? You only score in the nineties, you know, do you win or lose? Um, yeah. And, and that, that tends to determine how your season goes. So, yeah, but basically the summary of this podcast is that Alvin Kamara sucks, basically. So I just want to make sure all the listeners got that that <laughs> key detail. Well, Kamish, thanks for coming on. Uh, I would say we wish you well, but we actually don't. We want to see you go in 16 this year. You deserve it. I uh, hope that you make your uh, Broadway success. I hope you make the deal with Disney Plus so that we can see it on Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, hopefully you don't win another championship until about 2031. All right. Well, I, I hope you, all of my submissive opponents have a wonderful evening after that amazing speech. <laughs> Thanks, Commissioner. See ya. All right. Later.